0: On Triple M Mining HQ. Hello and welcome to Mining HQ, your go-to show for everything happening in the mining industry. I'm Pablo Miller. and Coming up today, two Chris's for the price of one. On today's podcast, uh, Chris Hayes is going to be joining Chris Lemesia. Now, Chris is a herpetologist and fauna consultant. Now, Chris keeps miners safe on mine sites by removing snakes interrupting work. He also loves photography as well and photographing them and the snakes. We're going to hear all about his story today on at HQ. So let's dive into things. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Pablo. Good morning to you. On the phone this morning, He is a herpetologist and a fauna consultant, Chris Hayes on the phone. G'day, Chris.
1: G'day, Chris. How are you, mate?
0: Mate, I've been looking forward to chatting to you. You're the highlight of the week. I've got to tell you that.
1: (laughs) Oh, fantastic.
0: Now, it's all about keeping people on mine sites safe and, um, well, also keeping the snakes too. But, But I've got to ask you, how did you get into this line of work?
1: Uh, look, I've been working with snakes for about 35 years now, uh, both here in Australia and overseas. I uh, sort of started out working uh, for zoos and reptile parks and, and those sort of uh, tourism-type operations. Um, and I've been uh, associated with uh, the University of Queensland for about the last 12 years with the Venom Evolution Lab there. So snakes are well and truly uh, woven through my past.
0: Now, I was going to mention that um, you hold a honorary position how did that come about?
1: I, I do, yes. Um, so actually for about the last 20-odd years, um, I've worked with a uh, world-renowned toxinologist, a gentleman named Dr. Brian Fry, um, and we pretty much uh, paved the way studying a lot of Australian snake venoms uh, back in the early days, sort of the late 90s. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, yes, it's definitely been a, a very adventurous life.
0: And when you were uh, a young boy, were you handling reptiles then?
1: Look, look, absolutely. Uh, My parents had some horrifying situations where I would uh, (laughs) smuggle the odd pet tiger snake into the house without their knowledge. (laughs) Uh, But as I got older, I think uh, my parents realised that it wasn't going away uh, anytime soon. So it was time to embrace this uh, this passion that I had for reptiles.
0: Yeah, well, along with that passion, photography comes with it too. And uh, if our listeners go to instagram chris hay underscore wild wildlife images you got some amazing shots how hard is it to actually photograph a snake
1: look it, it can be quite challenging uh, to begin with to find the animal uh, can be quite challenging um, but then, of course, yeah, to, to capture, you know, a shot that really, you know, I try to encompass the animal and habitat and really tell a story with each image. Uh, there's definitely a lot of work and uh, a lot of difficult situations that go into obtaining those images.
0: Now, tell us about the snakes that you're seeing on mine sites. For the listeners of Mining HQ, they might think, oh, my goodness, I'm around this region right now.
1: Yes, certainly. Uh, So, yeah, currently based here in the Pilbara of WA, um, we do have three dangerously venomous snake species that occur in the area that most locals would be familiar with, uh, the death adder, the mulga snake and the western brown snake. Uh, But there's also a variety of other uh, smaller venomous species that are not considered dangerous. Uh, So there's some really good uh, snake diversity here in the Pilbara region of Western Australia.
0: And I noticed on one of your videos, which we'll talk about a bit later, when you're in Indonesia, you're wearing goggles and things. Is that something you wear all the time for protection?
1: No, so that was actually the work with uh, spitting cobras, which are uh, snakes found throughout Africa and Asia that can actually spit venom into your eyes from a a distance of about three metres. So protective goggles uh, are absolutely necessary working with those exotic snake species. But no, here in Australia, fortunately, we don't have spitting species, which does make things a little bit simpler uh, when we're working with the animals.
0: Now what about favourite reptiles?
1: Look, certainly certainly some of my favourite species are death adders. I spent a lot of time studying death adders. I put about 12 years' work into the taxonomy of death adders, which was looking at the different species found around Australia. Uh, And another favourite species would be the coastal taipan, which is just a highly intelligent, uh, very spirited animal, and it does take uh, a lot of skill to be able to work safely with taipans.
0: So when you're on the mine sites, Chris, um, what are you looking for? Is it tree lines or where are they lurking most of the time?
1: They can be anywhere from uh, in camp itself uh, to out on the worksite. Uh, so part of our, our job here is uh, damage mitigation. So we're reducing the, uh, the the damage done to the environment by relocating snakes that pop up where they uh, shouldn't you know shouldn't be. Um, and we also uh, offer the offer the um, the situation where we can be called out to remove uh, a snake that is interfering with work crew but generally speaking our our snakes are pretty good at keeping out of our way
0: and i'm sure you get asked this question quite a bit but i've got to ask it advice to people who come across snakes
1: Look, certainly. Uh, I mean, the the first thing to do is just keep your distance from the animal. Fortunately, our snakes are cowards. They will flee, given the opportunity. Uh, So as long as you're giving them the space, they are absolutely not going to come near you. Uh, Snakes recognise humans as a threat and a predator, and they will do everything they can to avoid a potential predator. If you find yourself very close to the animal uh, remaining still, because their eyesight is quite poor and they can only see moving objects...
0: And what if you do get bitten?
1: Uh, The first aid is absolutely crucial. And I can tell you that from experience that uh, the reason why I'm still around today is applying that pressure and immobilization uh, standard snake bite first aid technique and uh, seeking medical attention immediately.
0: Now, I've got to ask you about that video too that we touched on, reptiles of Indonesia. Fantastic. The Komodo dragon. What an amazing reptile.
1: Look, they are absolutely fantastic and they're actually a relic sort of left behind from uh, what we call the megafauna, which was uh, a group of animals that existed a long time ago and the Komodo dragon is the only living example of that group of animals, but they are amazing creatures.
0: And the sea snake that you filmed, that was incredible too.
1: It was. So that that sea snake's actually called a bandit sea crate, and they're not true sea snakes. They actually do come to shore at night to digest their food. And that's how we uh, found those animals, walking along the rocks at, of an evening, head-torching, and getting the ones that had come up onto the uh, the rocks.
0: Chris, it's a big planet. Any part of the world you'd like to explore to see more reptiles?
1: Yeah, look certainly. Uh, Africa is definitely... Um, I've done a lot of work through Asia and the U.S., but uh, Africa would absolutely be a pinnacle for, for me to get to and uh, go over there and experience some of those uh, reptiles in the wild.
0: Well, I know you've got to get back to work, so on behalf of the listeners of Mining HQ, thank you for keeping our mine site safe.
1: Thank you very much for your time, Chris, and it's been great talking to you this afternoon.
0: For the very latest mining news in WA. Stream the Mining HQ podcast, available now on the Listener app, LISTNR.